Hey mama, I'm Allison Bratch, a mama of two crazy little girls navigating life as a therapist and CEO. On the Whole Mind Mama podcast, I interview other amazing women and explore mamahood from a whole mama perspective. Identity, parenthood, partnership and attachment, career and business, leadership, psychology, spirituality, beauty, self-care, and all things health and wellness. If you want more, be sure to like and subscribe, leave a glowing review, and follow me on Instagram at Whole Mind Mama, M-A-M-A. Thanks so much for being here. I appreciate you. Cheers, Mama. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Whole Mind Mama podcast. Today, I have Katie Roeder on with us, and um, Katie is a also a mama, as well as a sleep coach, and changed our lives. We started working with Katie oh, back in November of 2021. Um, Audrey was just over a year and a half, and Charlotte was about four and a half months. And yeah, she changed our lives, um, and so much better sleep since then. So I'm going to let Katie share some more about herself and... Uh, tell us her story. Hey, Katie. <laughs> Hi. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. It seems like, I mean, it's been almost a year now since we've worked together, but it doesn't feel that long. Like time yeah. flies. Yeah. But I am the owner and founder of Happily Ever After Sleep Consulting. I'm a wife and a mom to two girls, and they're really the reason why I started this business and why I'm so passionate about sleep. And as Allison said, I feel like I do change lives in a very, probably different way than you would think, but sleep can really be life-changing. Um, and so my oldest is almost nine, my youngest is four. And so um, I used to work in the corporate world, long hours, long days, um, and I really didn't realize how much, how sleep deprived we all were. And then after my second came, so she was, she had gone to daycare, I went back to work, um, I was store manager and just long hours, I decided to leave my job. I just couldn't do the long commute anymore, being away from them. I would miss kind of waking up in the morning with them and, and even bedtime sometimes because I just had long, a long commute. Wow. So didn't know what I wanted to do next. And I really was able to reflect on our sleep and realize how, you know, how bad it was and how far from where it wanted to be. And most nights they were both in bed with us um, out of, you know, not that I'm judging anyone that co-sleeps, but it was not working for us. We were doing it merely out of survival and no one was sleeping well. So I found this amazing sleep program called Sleep Sense, which is who I'm certified through today and the methods that I teach. And I really didn't think it was gonna work. I'm like, okay, well, let's give it a shot. Didn't even tell my husband. I just did it um, with my nine months old at the time. And in three nights, I mean, it was like night and day. I would just lay her down and leave the room. And my husband was like, what is this program that you do? Like, what, what is this? And he was like, I really didn't even tell him what I was doing. And a lot of times when I meet families, you know, it's that, you know, are the partners and spouses on the same page, right? Does dad see how much, because it usually affects mom the most. Um, and sometimes the partner and spouse is not on board. And sometimes they are. But in this case, not that he wouldn't be on board, but I just made the decision on my own. And it really changed our lives. And I was able to get my five-year-old back in her bed just from what I had learned from, you know, what I implemented with my, my baby. And time ticked by, still didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And um, Dana Obelman, which is the creator of Sleep Sense, reached out and she trains um, you know, women to have their own business, but to help families in this way one-on-one. So she still sells her program, but a lot of families like Allison want a one-on-one approach where it's a customized solution. They can reach out to a person and get an actual answer and it's not this kind of cookie cutter thing. 
And so I took the leap of faith, knowing how much it changed our lives and how, you know, this would really be a different type of work for me, but it was really fulfilling to see the before and after of families. And that's, that's why I do what I do because, you know, I've been there, I know what it's like, but just seeing the transformation from beginning to end, I just did a rapid call with a family before this, um, I'm a three-year-old and mom is pregnant with twins. And she was like, it is amazing. She's like, we can't even thank you enough, like from how it was before they hired me and after because he was leaving his bed like a hundred times a night um and she's pregnant with twins i mean what are you gonna do when the babies come right so it's stories like that that is why i do this um and so now i'm three years later and almost at 200 families one-on-one so wow it's been quite a ride that's incredible like i said um even before we started recording you are definitely changing lives <laughs> i mean sleep is just it's number one and i think it is one of the the biggest struggles and challenges for new parents um and i know for us it was so easy to fall into patterns that we you know we were just in survival mode and so we get into these patterns that were actually not good and not ultimately helping us long term uh such as like yeah picking picking her up i know i'm talking about audrey when she was younger picking her up um when she cried in the middle of the night you know, obviously when she was a little bit older and I wasn't um, nursing her, or we weren't giving her a bottle during the night um, and soothing her back to sleep. We had lots of like pacifier issues and like, yeah. <laughs> I actually, um, a friend of mine um, also has a, a little one who was a pacifier baby and we would joke how we would both just throw like eight pacifiers <laughs> in the crib <laughs> When we put them to bed at night, hoping that if they woke up in the middle of the night, they They could find one and pop it in their mouth. But yeah, the pacifier stuff, I mean, you know. My girls are pacifier babies too, so a lot of times that comes with families, and I'm like, I can relate because I was there. I used to get glow-in-the-dark passes so that my daughter could find them (laughs) in her crib because they would go in the dark. And then going in because she couldn't find it. Like, I have done all those same things, and I can relate to to many of the situations that come to me because I either experienced it or I had a family that was you know, dealing with the same thing, so. Yeah, well, and honestly, I think that that was one of, one of the many things about working with you that was so helpful for me as a mom is it was very validating and you were very reassuring about like, hey, like, yeah, I'm this expert on sleep and I'm a sleep coach and, and I know all these things. However, you know, I yeah. went through all these things as well, made my own mistakes and yeah, so that was just very comforting. And I know that for me, I just really, as much as I could go and, read all these things about sleep and you know try to come up with a plan I think I needed someone who could reassure me and coach me through it and or us I should say um, because Kyle was very much involved as well uh, and just provide us with again that support and reassurance absolutely I think that that's a huge part of the piece is that it's an emotional thing right when you're sleep training it's you know there's all a stigma around crying and should you do it should you not it has to go right for you but sometimes doesn't mean it's easy, right? Just because you make the decision and you have these steps to follow, like it's tough. And I've had moms cry with me on the phone. I've had moms like cry with excitement, right? It's just, it's such an emotional journey. And I like being there for part of it because I know that if they can stick with me and see it through, it's going to be life changing. But sometimes getting there is challenging and they need that, you know, someone to talk to through it and someone to vent to when it's not going so well. Um, they can not every night is going to be perfect so right emotions plays a big part of this the journey yeah sure. that's so true the emotional piece is is so tough um and i feel like when 
when we become mothers, and I really, like, I can't speak to the, the male experience, but I know that Kyle has experienced a lot of this as well. Something in our brains changes, you know, we know that biologically. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like for us as moms, there's this automatic guilt that kicks in. Yeah. And, yeah. and then this constant questioning of, like, am I doing the right thing? Am I, you know, am I damaging my child by letting them cry? Okay. Stuff like that. And so there's just... Oh, so, so many, um, so many thoughts and emotions surrounding all of, all of those pieces, but particularly sleep. Um, the other, the other piece I think that was so helpful was just to remember, hear from you and remember that sleep is not, um, innate, like it, that it's a learned skill. And I, you know, I didn't even really think about that perspective before working with you and you know just as we all needed to learn how to sleep how to put ourselves back to sleep when we were babies our you know our babies need to do that as well and so I think it helped to just reframe things in that way and think about okay by by going about this I and using this process I'm actually helping my child long term because I am giving them the time and space and opportunity to learn that skill. Absolutely, and I think that a lot of times there's a misconception that they can't self-sue or they can't learn this, they can't be taught, but I've seen it time and time and time again. It's just, is that something you wanna do or do you, do you wanna go the other route? I, I don't think there's anything right or wrong with co-sleeping or you know nursing the sleep or rocking the sleep, it's working, right? I'm, I'm a big fan of, I'm not judge, here to judge other people, whatever works for you, but if what you're doing is not working, there is another way. Yeah, you can teach your child to self-soothe. You can teach them to put themselves back to sleep in the night um, in a supportive way, right? That's a big, big part of it is, um, and that's why sleep training gets such a bad term, but it really is like sleep teaching. You're really teaching your child, you know, training kind of gets a bad, a bad connotation yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. You, you make a really good point though about, you know, there are many different ways to go about sleep and there's no one right way to do it. And I have friends who have done the co-sleeping thing, and it went great for them. We have a neighbor. Um, they have an almost four-year-old, and they still co-sleep, and it works great for them. They do it for naps as well. Um, but I think it was good for me to finally listen to, like, what wasn't working. I, You know, and, and yeah. the American Academy of Pediatrics has these recommendations about, oh, you should keep baby in the room with you the first, uh, what is it they say, like six months at three mm-hmm. months with Audrey, I was like, get her out of here. <laughs> because yeah. I, was, I just wasn't <laughs> sleeping well enough with having her right next to me and every little noise I was like checking on her. And so it just, again, wasn't working for us. And so. Yeah. And I have families that move baby like the day they get home into their own room mm-hmm. or they have doulas that stay up all night with them. Or I have families that they keep their baby in their room forever. That's the way their house is. They don't have another room. I mean. Yeah. There's no real right or wrong. Like, yes, there's guidelines, but it has to work for your family. So I never say you have to do this. Um, I always give advice on if they're going to stay in your room. Where, how close are they to you? You know, can you set up a barrier? Can you make it dark? I always give suggestions and try to make the situation work, but it has to, you know, be right for you. Some people couldn't fathom moving your child until, you know, six months or three months. Um, and some are like ready from day one. So it really just depends on the mom. Is it your first baby, your second? your third or fourth, it definitely changes, you know, the more kids that you have. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, we had to keep Charlotte in our room longer because then when we did move mm-hmm. her out of our room, then she ended up in the same room as Audrey with a 
a little old house and you know not a ton of space and so that was just reality we just recently split them up so now they're in different rooms and we moved to the basement so it, it's working great but yeah I mean the the point is right that like every every mama every baby every family is going to be different and it's more about like what's working and what's not working yeah yeah I mean it's not both don't fix it right like if it's yeah Whatever's going on, that's your deal, and if you're you're happy and you're getting the rest you need, but if you're not and you're just surviving, I mean, you're not only affecting yourself, but your little one, I mean, they're in such a critical stage of growth and development that, you know, if they're not getting that consolidated sleep, then, you know, you could be affecting them negatively as long, along with yourself, too, so yeah. it's kind of taking a look at what's going on and if you want to make changes or if you want to continue on where you are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely reality is that most of us don't function well sleep deprived and so we're not going to be our best selves and and able to show up the way we want to as a mother if if we are so depleted I know that was like a, a big um a factor for me in needing to yeah. make some changes was hey like I am not at my best for my kids right now and low frustration tolerance very little patience and I mean that still happens right but certainly better now that I'm getting better sleep. <laughs> yeah, and I think, I mean, especially as kids are older and you have toddlers that are running around and if you're, and then you, when you, as you add more to your family, um, you know, if one's not sleeping well, then usually it affects the other one and kind of trickles down the line, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, so important. Um, well, I got to hear more of your story as far as, uh, you know, what, what got you into doing what you do now as a sleep coach. Um, so something I've been asking all the other mamas that I interview is, is also around how you maintain your own identity and care for yourself and, um, yeah, just really like honor and nurture yourself even in the midst of like having two kids and, and you're also self-employed and you work at home and it's all sort of, you know, tangled up together. Um, so yeah. what are some things that are, that are like non-negotiables for you that, that help you stay centered and grounded? Yeah, well, I've, um, I've kind of been on and off with this, but I've been trying to get back to like waking up in the morning. Um, my kids are early risers, so I don't always get up before them, but at least getting up at the same time or, you know, before they wake up, like before I would just sleep until they woke me up and then I'd be so cranky because I couldn't get anything done. So just trying to be intentional about when I wake up in the morning so I can get a workout in. I'm not trying to get it done with them climbing on me or being cranky. Um, and also, like, leaning on my husband. So, like, when I get up in the morning workout, he takes care of breakfast. So he gets breakfast ready. When at school, like, he's packing lunches so I can get that done. And then I'm more on the back end. So, like, I take care of bedtime and stuff. So it's kind of like a, a side theme, right? So if I ask for help in the morning, then I'm more on duty, we'll say, at night. But that morning piece is, is really important. If I can't get my workout in or get my shower before they're calling for me, that I am obviously frustrated and not at my top of game. Um, so, and then throughout the day, um, my, my kids are in school, you know, my one's uh, going to be starting pre-K, so that does definitely give me time back um, to focus on, you know, work. But this past, um, this past year, she was home with me for two days. So I really had to be intentional on those days that she was home with me, like to try not to work, because I would get easily frustrated if I tried to get something done and she needed me. Um, so I really try to just work on the three days that she was at school and be more intentional with her the days she would come with me. I wasn't always perfect with it, right? I had a call or something come up, but um, I didn't know that I would get frustrated if she would interrupt me and I was trying to do work. So I try to just plan my days that way. Um, and then recently I've been trying to spend 
you know, some time away from the house. So I have a mom's club that I'm active in. I went to like a book club the other night. Um, you know, so, you know, going places at bedtime and letting my husband or if my mom's here, you know, do bedtime and just be okay with that. Like mm-hmm. I always do bedtime and sometimes I feel like I, I always want to be that one that does it, but like having that comfort level to know that like he can put them to bed. Um, if I have some, somewhere to go, just gives me that balance of like, I can go places and you know, someone else can put them to bed and they'll miss me. I'll miss them, but I'll see them in the morning and, everything will be okay so you know having that that balance of being able to get out of the house and not have to worry about it sometimes so yeah that's so key for me I think as well just allowing myself to actually get out of the house and and not be there for bedtime and and those more challenging parts of the day and the routine um but yes it's so necessary I like what you said about the morning piece too um yeah I have also found that that mornings are really important we actually just sat down and and kind of went through like what's some structure you know that we can Mm -hmm. have and how can we be more proactive in making those stressful times of day a little less stressful and one of the things was like you know what we need to get lunches packed the night before and like yeah I was going to get up at a certain time and go get his workout in um and then I'll kind of like start things and then halfway through the process sort of hand things off to him and um yeah you're so right like that tag team is uh so necessary and uh, i've said this ever since i had audrey i like kudos to single parents i do not uh know how you do it it's really incredible (laughs) Um, yeah and kyle uh, travels quite a bit for work um so i've kind of gotten used to that but it's just yeah it's night and day when when he's there and we can work together and support each other yeah, and I think it's, like, communication, too. So, you know, sometimes I'd feel like I would get up in the morning my workout. Like, would he be upset, like, if he was doing all the things in the morning? So I, we just had a conversation around it. I was like, do you mind if in the morning, like, I work out and you can do these things for me? So it wasn't like, I, like, is he mad at me? Like, you want to always know what the other person is thinking or feeling. It's just, you know, even if it's with sleep or, or anything, right? Like, you know, does your husband know how you feel about sleep and how, you know, things are going or how you might be stuffing your kid's room for two hours of bedtime? Maybe they don't know, or maybe, you know, you just always do bedtime. Maybe have him do it one time and see how stressful it is um, and understand, like, the other side of it. But it's not just sleep. It could be really anything. Mm-hmm. It's just that communication. And, you know, now I know that, like, he's got the morning routine and I can do my thing. And, um, you know, she's understood that I do bedtime unless, you know, I need, you know, I have a call or something I need to do. So mm-hmm. Yeah, so you've clearly, you know, found something that – that works well for you, like a system and procedure, yeah. if you will, that, that works well for you. Yeah, we'll see what happens when school starts, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for the summer, it's okay right now. I gotta start getting up earlier. Our kids don't go back to after Labor Day, so I have oh, a little bit of time left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's a whole other beast is just, uh, well, you know, our, it's kind of like our kids are in school because <clears throat> they go to daycare all day. Um, yeah, you know ECE and but yeah when they're actually in school and then the change the transition from like school to you know summertime and then back to school whew. yeah I mean there's always a transition yeah 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 always something different yeah what else what what do you do for workouts um so right now so I, I'm part of Beachbody on demand so I just I just did a, or I'm actually finishing it this week. I did a program that was um, four week gut protocol and um, a four week workout. So it was a total elimination diet. So my husband's wow. been doing it with me, but it's no gluten, no soy, no dairy, 
um, like no artificial sugar, um, you cut out like pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. And so, and then it's the workout that goes along with it. So the workout's only four days a week. So I have one workout left tomorrow and we have like three days left in our four weeks. So um, I'm not really sure what comes after this if we're gonna like reintroduce everything. Um, it's definitely been challenging, but. Um, but how do you feel? That's the question. Yeah, I mean, if we if we do go off of it and eat something, like we feel like so heavy and like, well, so you can just tell like if you don't follow it that you kind of just feel like, oh, I didn't, I wish I didn't eat that. Cause like in the first week we had birthday parties and like, you know, birthday parties, like your kid doesn't eat the pizza or cake. And so I was like, oh, I'll just take a bite. And I ended up eating like some cake the first week. And I was like, oh, I really wish I didn't do that. Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of, I stuck pretty much to it. Um, you know, unless I was out somewhere and I couldn't really get around it. But I definitely feel I did lose a little bit of weight and, you know, you just feel like you're eating much cleaner. Um, it's just been very challenging because there's, there's soy and gluten in like almost everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy. Um, unless you're going to go, you know, to like a health, health food store. Yeah. And, buy- and it's very expensive to eat this way. Yeah, exactly. Unless it's like, you know, you find a great way to get cheap produce and then that's like all you're eating. But that's not realistic for most people. So. Yeah. And it's, I'm like, I don't think I could maintain this forever, but um, I definitely will try to keep cutting out some of the stuff that I've cut out, but I don't, I don't think I can continue it forever because it's, a lot, a lot of, um, but it's been, it's been good for this, you know, four weeks. Hmm. That's awesome. Um, so your girls have, is it six years apart that they are? They're like four and a half. Oh, four and a half. And my little one, yeah, my little one's four and my oldest is almost nine. She's like going to be nine in November, so. Okay. Well, I have to ask, um, what their dynamic is like. What's the same dynamic with that age difference? Yeah, so my oldest is really very helpful. I mean, she is a huge help when it comes to my little one, like whether it's they're playing together or she'll get, um, you know, things for her, like if I'm trying to do stuff. Um, they definitely do get on each other's nerves. Um, they're at a point now where um, my oldest used to go to my mom's, like just with herself, right? Because my little one couldn't handle it at first. Well, now she's four, and so they've been at my mom's this whole week. Um, and so she kind of misses that alone time where she gets away from her sister. <laughs> But I would say they, they get along well. They just, they definitely fight like any other sibling would. Um, but when they get along, they're super sweet and they play really well together. Um, and my oldest, you know, teaches her a lot of things. But I would say they're also opposite sometimes. Like my he, my oldest is very, um, was very clingy and kind of not as outgoing, gotten better. My youngest is super independent. I mean, she'll just, she'll make friends wherever she is. She just, She's not as anxious, I want to say. Um, so it's just mm-hmm. interesting how it's kind of changed over the years. And mm-hmm. um, in many ways, they're, they're opposite. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I also had to ask just because you, you also have two girls like us. And yeah. so, yeah, those dynamics are so interesting. Well, with our girls being so close in age, I think, um, you know, everyone's like, oh, that's great. They're going to be best friends. And I'm like, and you know, potentially their, their fights will be that much more intense, but we are starting to see glimpses of the two of them being able yeah. to play well together. And Audrey was being really sweet with Charlotte last night. And actually, um, like Charlotte was upset. And so Audrey brought her her water bottle and, and she was being yeah. sweet. And I was like, Oh, this is great. I've got to really praise the, <laughs> this behavior and continue that. Cause it's not always like that. Yeah. It's really sweet when, when they play nice together and, that, you know, that bond and connection that they'll have. And, you know, sometimes, you know, as they get older, I'm sure there'll be fights or arguments, but 
um, they'll have each other. I would try to tell my kids, like, I didn't have a sister, I only had a brother, so be thankful you have, you know, a sister, <laughs> even though sometimes you may, you may not be thankful, but, you know, having that connection, so. Yeah, that's so yeah. true. I have a brother as well, and I always wanted a sister, and I was so <laughs> sad that I never got one. Now I have a sister-in-law, actually two of them. Right. Um, which is amazing, but yeah, it is, it is like, there's something special about having like a same gender sibling. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Not that I experienced it, but. <laughs> yeah, but you see that with your kids. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, let's see, is there any, any other just like thoughts you have, anything else you wanted to share about what you do, what you feel is, is really important or. Yeah, I mean, I. I just want moms to know that what you're going through, you may be thinking you're the only one going through it, but I can guarantee you that there's a million more moms experiencing the same thing. They might have it better than you or worse than you, but at the end of the day, if you don't like where things are currently, um, whether it's sleep or anything else, like there's oh, so many resources. There's so many things now that weren't even around when I had my girls. I mean, there's doulas, there's lactation consultants. Uh, I mean, those were around, but it wasn't as you know, many resources as there are now. And obviously sleep coaches, there's potty training coaches, there's parenting coaches, right? There's all of these things out there now, many of them virtual. Um, and so it's just a matter of connecting with the right person and just know that I'm not someone that, that judges families, depending on what's going on. If you're looking to make a change, I feel like I've heard it all and I'm not <laughs> sitting in a chair of judgment at all. I'm just here if you're looking to make changes, what you're doing is not working, but mm-hmm. just know that you're not alone. And many people have gone through what you're going through but there's always resources there's people to reach out to it's just a matter of connecting with the people and it sounds like you are trying to to bring some of those resources to moms and you know sharing what's out there and mm-hmm. you know I think that's so important yeah yeah I appreciate you saying that um and there's a lot of validation and hope in what you said um it's just so necessary for for moms to know that they're not alone in the things they're going through yeah. Well, well, thank you so much for your time, Katie. It was good to see you and, and reconnect. And um, yeah, I, I would imagine there will be a lot of mamas reaching out <laughs> to you after this and interested in, in your support. So yeah, thanks again for everything. Thank you. It was great connecting again. And I appreciate it. It was great chatting with you. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you do want more, be sure to like and subscribe. And if you feel this is valuable for other mamas, leave us a review and share it with all your mama friends. And don't forget to follow along on Instagram at Mama. To all you mamas out there, I see you, I love you, and be well. <laughs>